It's a preseason edition on the Overtime Hockey Network. It's Goldie's podcast as Sean Goldsworthy, the head coach of the Minnetonka Skippers, join us, joins us. And, you know, Sean, you, you've, you've kind of clicked off the years at the helm now with this squad, and you've been through the rodeo a few times at the high school level, obviously plenty of years in the college level. But here comes a new year. You've got a team that I don't want to say is turned over, but you got a lot of young kids. And I know one thing I've heard from those close to you is that you really like the summer that you had with this group. Yeah, you know, going into year five, I, I would certainly say I'm not an expert at this level yet. Um, I'm still learning and, and getting our uh, our feel for our kids and turnover. But, you know, the one thing I've noticed with these guys, we they were really eager to get going, you know, back to normal, uh, you know, from a from a pretty abnormal year. And we had a really productive summer, and we've, we've uh, had a really productive fall. I think the kids have really bought into each other. You know, every year we're going to probably have a good solid base of seniors and it's really about how do the, the new guys, whether they're coming from JV or from Bantams, how they fill into the, the holes and the voids that are kind of open in your roster. You know, one of the things that you've always had a lot of with your team is depth and the ability to work with a number of kids uh, at the varsity and JV level. And it, 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 it obviously plays itself out. And, and one of the things I think that's, that's been really good for these kids. When you come up in a program like you do at Minnetonka, where you have player after player that that goes to the next level, that that pushes their game the way they do, it can't help but be a great example for these younger players to just you know monkey see, monkey do, right? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest you know misperceptions of, of hockey is that you know you you hit your full development at age fourteen and bam. Well, that's just not the case. Uh, all the all the data points show that you know if you get through junior hockey, you start peaking, and clearly college hockey is showing us that if you have uh, age of maturity, that you're going to play at a highest level, you know, and then moving on to you know if you do get a chance to play after college. So that's that's the first thing we've seen. So the, you know, the larger we can keep the funnel wide, uh, we've had we've been really blessed to have some some guys come through our program and advance quickly to college. You know, historically guys that have played pro, but. More importantly, we've seen some kids that have been late developers that have moved on and advanced maybe on a different path or a little bit slower path, but have still gotten there. So I think that shows that that if you're willing to kind of buy into the process, it'll work itself out, like you had mentioned. So, um, yeah, we're blessed with a lot of depth, you know, like a lot of the late conference schools. I mean, we, we just are. Uh, we have a lot of good players. Every year you think you're going to have to, uh, you know, rebuild, but you don't. You end up reloading, and uh, uh, it's come on JV and a really strong JV program, really strong band AA program, and uh, they just kind of join the mix. And you know, the question is, how quickly can they mesh, and how quickly can they get to their game uh, at the highest level? And uh, that's my challenge. You know, every year, can we get the kids playing? at the level where we need to them as soon as possible, hopefully by Christmas. You know, one of the things that you noted was the odd season where nothing was, there was no such thing as normal last year. Right. And um, that included the season length, the length of games, you you know, it was almost as though you're playing a 25 game schedule because it was condensed a little bit, but now it's spread out a little bit more and you can get back to the schedule and the routine that your group has worked in the past for for some of these kids coming in, they've never experienced it because last year was their first year in the program or their underclassmen just being exposed to that. Can you kind of touch on what that routine yeah. means and, and how you kind of build through all of that with your kids? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a big believer of this, and I really felt that way about our team last year. We had a we had a really good sized senior class that were really good together. Maybe not a bunch of high end, uh, you know, draft picks, but kids that played well together. And it was it was it was a sprint last year, and I thought we were just starting to play our best hockey right around game 20, and we showed it. You know, we went toe to toe with the state champions in Eaton Prairie last two games. We played overtime twice. Uh, those games could have went either way, both ways, and we knew it. And another, you know, two weeks with five more games would have been really helpful to kind of work out whether it's special teams or or work out kind of your depth. Uh, to get to those tight games at the end of the year to win in overtime rather than to maybe lose in overtime. So, and you saw that last year for pretty much the whole state tournament. You know, Eden Curry did a wonderful job of, of winning in overtime, I think, for the last five games. So, you know, hats off to them. They, they certainly earned it. Uh, but I think that's exactly what you had mentioned is what, what does a normal season look for? And we're lucky, you know, we do have quite a bit of kids that were here two years ago as sophomores. They know what the routine looks like. Uh, we're lucky to have a, a schedule that, that pretty much goes Thursday, Saturday all year. So we can get into our normal routine Monday through Wednesday and then play uh, Thursday, Saturday with a, with a late one on Friday. So that, to me, that's more about development. And if you're doing it right, your kids are going to improve over, uh, you know, a four or five month window rather than a, a two and a half, three month window. And I think that bodes well for uh, teams that are, are that have depth because as the season progresses, kids are going to improve and, I've learned that one thing over the last, you know, four years is that uh, at this age level, more than any, uh, kids change rapidly. Like in a three-month window, not only can they get stronger, but their experience level and their compete level, and just the way they can mesh into a game, a game style and a, and a competitiveness of a three-period game. Uh, I've seen it; it changes drastically. Where in college and in junior. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, they've already been established. So uh, things can happen quickly here. The longer the season, the better. You know, I've been a big proponent of a 20-minute period just because I think it's best for our kids overall. But, uh, the, you know, the high school league was 17 minutes, 25 games. We'll just make it work. I mean, sometimes you're, you're stuck with how the, 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 the hands are tied as they may be. And when, when you look at the section in the 2AA that you're a part of, uh, it's – it's pretty wide open because there's been some news out of Prior Lake, obviously. But I think prior to that, it was pretty wide open anyway. And I, I think I think it's really easy to say, okay, well, Minnetonka graduated all their guys, uh, Eden Prairie graduated all their guys, and you guys were in a in a classic section final, right? Um, but I think it's wide open, and um, who knows who's going to grab that. What, what's your thoughts on what the section's going to be like? Well, first off, we always know it's one of the best sections just because of the depth of it. And whoever comes out of our section is battle-tested, and they're ready to compete for a, a state championship. And we've historically shown that at least for the last 10 years that I've been you know, a little bit more involved, or at least the last five years. So that's pretty evident. Um, you know, we don't need to make excuses for that, but it's always wide open wags, you know, like yeah. last year I could have told you, yeah, Eden Curry had the, you know, 17, 16, 17 seniors. They had a lot of kids back that had been there and done it. So they had a little bit more experience, but you know, our guys certainly were right there. I, I, you know, Fire Lake had one of the better years of recent memory. Chaska's always solid and well coached. Uh, you know, Holy Family's always a tough out and you can just go down the line of our entire section. There's no freebies. You got to play well to advance. And if you don't, you lose. 
So, you know, that's just the nature of our beast in our section. Um, I love it. I think it, it clearly shows whoever comes out of our sections ready to do some really special things. Um, it's, it's going to be wide open. You know, I really like our kids. Um, people have been asking me about our group. I think we're going to be better than we were last year. I really do. I, I like this group of kids. We have a little bit more depth. We have a little bit more um, defensive depth. We're, we're more offensively talented than we were last year. Where last year, at times, we it was tough for us to get and separate offensively. Um, and I think uh, everywhere, even in net, I think you know with our with our returning goalie in Beaumont, so I think we're going to be really solid. So I don't see a ton of holes. I do think our kids have got to gel and figure it out pretty quick. That's my job. Um, but the controllables that I see is I think we're going to be a tough team to beat. When you look back to that section final with Eden Prairie, I think you were down 4-1 at one point. Was that second period maybe? And uh, you guys ran the table and tied the game. It was it was just incredible. Uh, that game was so back and forth and up and down. Uh, what was one of the things you were most proud of about your group? And I mean, you didn't get the result, obviously, but man, you had to feel good about how they did. They did not pack it in, and they kept going. Well, I think that says a lot about that group of kids I had last year, you know, that senior class specifically, but even the kids that played a lot of minutes last year for us is they, they bought in, you know, they were all in and as much as everybody disliked last year with COVID and all the protocols and all the hurdles we had to jump, it was one of my most enjoyable years coaching. Uh, that group of kids bought into what we were trying to do as a team. Uh, I thought we played a great team game. I thought our kids really figured out what was an effective way to win hockey games. You know, we only lost two games in regulation last year, so it's not like we were anything to shout less about. I, our kids were right there. Um, we played one of the toughest schedules. You know, when you play Loisetta three times, Edina three times, Eden Prairie four times. I mean, it just gets to be a long year, and it's really good competition. So I was really proud of all they bought in. They never once made an excuse. They kind of knew who they were offensively, but they also knew they could win games defensively. And, and they really bought in. So I was really proud of them. Uh, obviously, you know, walking out of the section final and losing an OT, those are tough, tough days, you know. But in the overall experience, I couldn't have been happier about our group of kids last year. Yeah, one thing your team has always done a really good job of is uh, the transition game on the breakout out of your zone from the end wall. Very quick, very efficient, uh, quick pass, move, go. Uh, you look at your team, and it looks to me like you've got a really nice group of defensemen that are coming back uh, that that will step in, I think, and even step up further into that developmental push that you have. But can you kind of talk about your transition game, especially from the breakout position in your own zone, how much you work on it and how important it is? Well, we work on it incessantly. You know, it's a big part of our game plan. I, I, I believe in getting vertical and, and stretching the ice and – you know, owning the puck, but our mm-hmm. kids have got to work as a unit. You know, we don't just fly the zone. I think we possess it well, but we don't, we're not very stagnant. You know, I don't, yeah. but we do have to work on it a lot. And at this age, I have found that um, it's probably one of the first learning points is that kids get really bored stiff and they stand on the wall and they're not comfortable getting up and moving. And, and that comes with experience, but you just have to work on it a lot. Uh, yeah, we're really proud of our decor. You know, Jack Hillen, our, our defensive coach the last four years, just did a wonderful job of, of teaching time and space and making good, proper decisions and moving the puck north. You know, and he was blessed at playing at the highest level, too. So, you know, he's seen it all, and he kind of was able to kind of really explain to the kids how the game is played. Be efficient. 
be smart, make good decisions, and be a puck-moving defenseman rather than somebody that is so concerned with stick handling. So we preach it nonstop. It's it's something that I think a lot of our kids get away from in the spring, summer, and fall because that's more exposure hockey. Yep. It's more hockey that is individual in nature. So it does take about a week or two to kind of work it out of the <laughs> system. But we, we do work on it quite a bit. I'm glad that you noticed it because it's something that we believe in. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Jack. And then, I, you know, I remember watching him a lot as a player in the NHL and obviously at Colorado College in his day. And, you know, when you mentioned efficiency, along with the efficiency comes calm. And the, and the, and the, the defensemen are confident and calm. But what it does then is it gives your forwards opportunities to – catch the puck at the right angle and then move appropriately with it or away from it and move it quickly. It just, not a lot of teams do it. And um, I always look at teams on my previews and how things are going to go. And if I see defensemen that are coming back that have been within that system, it just makes your forwards, no matter what their experience levels are that much better. So um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we try to attack with speed and it, and it starts with your back end. You need to you need to possess the puck and you need to move it out cleanly. Uh, otherwise, your forwards are chasing the game all night long and not, nothing's ever really clean. So then that affects your zone entries. It affects your retrievals. Just everything about it, the game gets a little bit more difficult when you chase the puck. You know, early on in the year, you know, I always like asking this question because every coach, there's like different answers. And um, I don't know if I've ever really asked you this one, but how much time do you worry about and spend on special teams at the beginning of the year? I mean, is it something you come out of the shoot with? Is it a balance? How do you approach it? Well, I think early on you need to teach it. You need to put some minutes into it daily. And I'm a big believer. Uh, I was blessed with uh, kind of getting mentored by a guy named Andy Murray, who's formerly oh, Western Michigan and yeah. Team Canada. And Andy is one of the more uh, intelligent hockey minds in in the game. Uh, he's a great developer of a talent. And I remember him telling me a, cu- a couple of days and when he was with St. Louis in the rookie camp down there. And he just said, Goldie, you got you to gotta work on special teams every day and power play every day, hey, whether it's a concept or a compete drill or something. But be very specific that it is a special teams drill. So I'm, I'm a big believer of that. It changed the way I thought about 15, 20 years ago when I was still in the college game. And it helped a lot because in those one-goal games that we play in, 90% of the time, the special teams are what separate you. Now, with that being said, I was really lucky to have a guy like Steve Aronson around for my first four years here. And Stevie's really good at mentoring and saying, listen, let's not prescribe it too soon. Uh, kids change. Let's reward effort. Let's reward, you know, good hockey play. So if we get down to one power play too soon, you're, you're kind of playing, I don't know, favorites, but a little bit of a nepotism there. It's, it's sure. prescribed. When in reality, um, if you're really developing talent for the long term and we're just the next rung on the ladder, most of these kids need to learn how to play in the special teams. It can't be one line, five guys every time. So we try to teach power play to at least three lines, three sets, and reward kids for good effort because if they're the one drawing the penalty, they deserve some reward time too. So as the year progresses, yeah, we'll narrow down to one or two units and and reward the units that's the most effective because we'll have more data points. But in essence, uh, we try to make sure every kid gets an opportunity and develops. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, I've told this story a few times, but I was a college sophomore at the U of M and coaching a Bantam B2 team in Edina. 
And Willard Eichel would talk to all of the coaches at the youth level and kind of talk about what mattered and what didn't matter. And even to this day, the one thing that I walk away from is he said, I don't care which team you are. I don't care if it's a letter A or a letter C behind your name. Every single kid should play on the power play with you guys. This is at the developmental level and on the penalty kill. Roll them because I want to have my hands on 90 guys at a tryout that can do everything versus five. And um, I I, I think it's just a – I always throw it out there because I don't know if that's been lost along the way you mentioned uh, exposure hockey and kind of skill bait, you know, that type of thing. But I just think there's a place for that um, for young players to be exposed to every uh, experience in the game. Is that something that you look to? I mean, do you get engaged with your youth program or do you kind of go hands off? You guys got it. What's your approach there? It's hard to, you know, in a program our size, it's hard to be that involved. And, and to be honest with you, I think our guys have a, do a pretty darn good job of it. So I think they need less influence from me, but I'm available to them. I know most of the Bantam and Peely coaches and I interact, just talk hockey. We just talk about development. And I think for the most part, we all believe in what you just said. You know, the, the sooner you um, entitle players, the sooner you let them think that they've already gotten there, the, they lose their work ethic, and that's bad for any hockey player. Uh, you see it in the NHL, you see it in college hockey. So entitlement's a really damaging thing for development purposes. The other one is just you just never know their skill sets. And for anyone to think they have it figured out before they're 16, 17 years old, they're, they're lying to you. Um, I, I laugh around here because I get an opportunity to talk to Keandre Miller and I get a chance to talk to Justin Hall and Jake Gardner, and I'm just rattling off a few, but the three guys that are prominent in our program that are playing the NHL, we're all forwards in high school, but they're defensemen in the NHL. So, and we would all agree those are drastic changes in positionals. You know, when we're talking about getting power play time or penalty kill time, you need to expose kids to different environments and different situations for them to feel the whole game. And if you don't do that, you're doing them a disservice. You really are. Because we don't know. I mean, some of the best players are, guys that uh, didn't know and, and I'm even looking at a, a guy that was in our rink the other night Tom Pricing whose son's in our program he's a peewee and Tom Pricing was a forward in high school and didn't convert to defense until he was a junior playing junior A hockey for the Green Bay Gamblers and Marco Siki converted him and four years later he was playing in the NHL so uh, you know we gotta we gotta stop thinking we got it all figured out too soon and the sooner we entitle or develop and think it's over at peewee or Bantam we're really hurting the kid. Amen. It's to me, the process is way bigger than the result. Uh, final question for you. And it's the thing that I noticed last year because I didn't know what was going to happen. And it's something I want to see what you took from last year. And you kind of touched on it earlier, but, but I, I was curious to see how the players would play with less quote energy in the building. Would it be cavernous? Would it be weird? Oh, and, and, and you know, I have to tell you, I think I saw some of the kids play their hardest, most focused hockey last year. And I said, man, this is just about the game. It was so cool. I don't know if you felt that. Kind of touch on that. And then what was the best part about last year's weirdness that you pulled out of it? Well, I would have to agree with you that there, there were times where it was a lot quieter than normal, especially in the buildings that we plan. You know, our rink is, is really tight and it's loud and its atmosphere is awesome and it echoes mm-hmm. and there's times where you can't even hear yourself think. And that's a fun 
cool experience when you're 17. It just is. Uh, been there and done it as a player, now as a coach. It's just a fun environment. Um, but with that being said, in some environments, you get worried about your kids getting rattled and, and losing focus. So there's an element there, too. I thought last year it was a little bit more, um, I think, structured. So the kids were able to really dial in and, and, and just be focused on the actual game itself. Yep. And they got a little bit, you know, that way I think it helped out the kids quite a bit too. But let's be honest, at this level and every level, I mean, you can't beat a good high school crowd. Like when you get your community together and the band's gone and the youth kids are in the building and, you know, mom and dad are there. And as a high school player, you're playing in front of your parents, your friends, your community, your youth coaches. I mean, it means something. It means more than just, you know, later on. You know, and yeah. I, I think that's what's beautiful about high school hockey. So it will be awesome to have fans back in here and loud and noisy. And if we have to deal with a couple mistakes, I think it's worth the trade-off. Yeah, uh, it's experience that you're talking about, which is it's great for the players. It's great for the fans, the friends, the family, and uh, the community. And that's what I'm looking most forward to seeing coming down the pipe here. It's going to be a blast. And, uh, totally. You and, totally. I, you and I are going to have a ton to talk about this year. I think your team's going to surprise a lot. And uh, what I like about you is you're not one of these guys who are like, oh, i got to fly under the radar. Nah, just let's go. You know. And um, I yeah. think it's going to be fun to watch your team grow and evolve this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I've been lucky. You know, I've, I've watched high school hockey recruited out of this area for a long time, so I got a lot of data points. And then when I got back, I was able to talk to, you know, guys like Kurt Giles and Pat O'Leary, who, you know, Lee Smith, guys that are in my same shoes. And the reality of the situation is we have really good players, and we're going to be really deep every year. It's, again, it's how quickly your group of kids can buy into what you're doing. Um, there's not a lot of re- rebuilding. It's a, it's a lot of reloading. And just when you think you got it all figured out, um, you know, sometimes you, you get upset and you run into some injuries. And then other years you get you get really surprised. Your kids figure it out sooner than you think. And the next thing you're rolling. So um, it's high school sports. If you can predict it at a high level, you're way ahead of everybody else. You know, that's just the reality of sports right now. And I, I think the big picture is we're going to be a pretty good team. I like our group of kids. I like our gym. I like our, our locker room. we got great leadership. Our seniors are awesome. Our senior captains have been outstanding so far uh, through the fall and, and leading our guys. So um, I'm expecting another solid year out of the Skippers. That's going to be awesome to watch. Goldie, we'll be checking back with you in a couple of weeks. Good luck All with right, your tryouts, bro. and uh, we know it's a tough process, so wish you the best of luck yep. with that and enjoy the start of the year the worst week of the year followed by the best week so yeah. we'll get through it and then we'll get started it's it's all part of the process like you said by the Take way care. by the way real quick goldie out of the shoot speaking of the first week of the year we will have the tonka thanksgiving preview coming from a uh, peg nice. activity center i'm looking forward to that i'm going to be there for all those games rozo andover cloquet esco carlton and yourselves will be squaring off jv and varsity games it's going to be an awesome weekend right thanksgiving weekend at pagel activity yeah, Center. we're expecting a good crowd and we're expecting a really good environment we bring in those two northern teams and Nando is coming over with a really solid group of kids too so i just saw mark manny at the conference and a lot of people are thinking they're going to be down too and he's like hey listen we got good players i'm <laughs> I like i know you do so I, I'm it's chuckling. going to be a fun weekend to kind of kick things off. I agree. Mark Manny's and over Huskies. Be ready. All right, buddy. You have yourself yep. a great week. We'll talk soon.
Okay. All right. Thank thank you. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Overtime Hockey Podcast presented by Sniper's Edge and also Tradition Companies. That was Sean Goldsworthy of the Minnetonka Skippers. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.